Well, hey everyone, this is Carrie Beck with How to Homeschool My Child. I am so glad you are here today. We are going to be talking, this is part one, next week will be part two. Um, we've been talking about um, homeschooling multiple kids. This little query thing keeps popping up. Um, homeschooling multiple kids. And today we're going to be talking about choosing curriculum, choosing the best. We're going to focus more on younger kids. I did put something out to the people that had signed up, and a lot of you do have younger kids. And so we're going to start there, and we're going to move forward next week uh, with the older kids. So what um, I want to do is we'll wait till the end to actually talk about some specific curriculum that I highly recommend. So what I want to do is just talk about a process that might help you actually choose the best curriculum. Because curriculum for you is going to look different than maybe your sister or your best friend or your next door neighbor. So first thing I'm going to ask you to do, number one, is we need to think about what you want your child to look like when they graduate. As a young adult, what do you want them to have? What do you want them to be able to think about? What do you want them to be able to do? What skills do you want? What knowledge do you want? And I would seriously take an afternoon and write this down, and it may look different for different kids because they have different strengths and weaknesses. As if your kids are young, I would even back up a little bit and say, what do I want them to have as a teenager? Because that will sort of help you prepare younger years for those older years that we'll talk about next week. Um, because once we have that, we can sort of see some goals that we might have, and then you can choose your resources according to what you want to do in the future. Without a vision, the people perish. If you don't have a vision of what you're doing, it's not gonna work. And so it is very important that you actually um, write this down or have a good idea about it and choose some resources so that you can choose the right resources. Now, if you are here on the live or if you're on the replay, please leave some comments. If you just have one idea of one thing you want your child to do or to look like when they graduate or as they get ready for high school, leave a comment and let us know. Let's help each other. Um, so that's the first thing. The next thing I really want you to hear is this. You can't do it all every day every year let me say that again you can't do every single subject every single day every year you are going to go crazy and the people some of you are like i i can't finish till like dinner time well that's because you've got way too much going on and you don't need to be doing so many activities not only can you not do it you shouldn't do every every subject every day now i'm going to tell you i was a public school teacher for six years I never finished a textbook. Did you hear me? I never finished a textbook. And sometimes we didn't even do every subject every day. There were times I pick and chose. There were times that we needed to focus on one thing more than the other. That was as a public school teacher, I had that freedom. Now, I don't know if they do now, but that was what was bad. That's what it was like back then. Um, now, let me ask you a question. So if I can't, if I'm not going to do every subject every day or every year even, what, how do I decide what to do? What subject is the best subjects to do? Now, we're talking about younger children. So let me ask you a question. When is the best time 
to learn a foreign language. If you're on live or replay, please leave a comment. Let me know. When is the best time for someone to learn a foreign language? We pretty much will all say when they're little, even preschoolers, that's the best time to learn a foreign language. So when your children are young, when's the best time to work on English language arts? When they're young, when they are little kids. That is the most important thing I believe. Okay, we talked about character last week, which I still think character is so important. It is foundational for your kids to jump off and go off on their own. But next, I think, is language arts. And when they are young, that is where we need to focus. That is the focus of younger years. Now, I'm going to stretch some of you, and some of y'all are going to go, Oh, Carrie, you are in left field. I would even say you don't even need to do math in elementary years. And you're like, seriously, we live in such a science and math society, and you are right. I took Hunter off of math in first grade, and he didn't start again until sixth grade. He caught up in one and a half years. I took Gentry off for a whole semester because her attitude wasn't very good about math. She actually tutored kids in math in college. Hunter went to a private school for his sophomore, junior, and senior year. His first year as a sophomore, he won the math award. Did not doing math as an elementary kid, did that really mess with him? No. Now, I have a link, and if you, for those of you that are like, oh my gosh, Carrie, you are just really pushing us. Where is my, where are my notes? There we go. No, that's not it. Let me see. I thought I had my notes here so that I could um, copy and paste the URLs. Let me see where they are. There we go. Okay, I'm going to send you it's some case studies on math, and it will help you see some results of what it is. Now, you're still going, okay, Carrie, I'm still not quite sure what I need to be doing every single day and what I don't need to be doing. You go back to your priorities again. Where is my link? Okay, here we go. I'm going to put it in the comments. So, what did we do every day? For me personally, I wanted my kids to have godly character. I wanted them to have a good relationship with God. I couldn't force it, but I could encourage it, inspire it. And I wanted them to be able to think critically, be able to enjoy learning and love learning. So, throughout their whole homeschool years, we started with family devotions, Bible time, at breakfast and then the next thing that we did we always character trumped everything if a child had some character issues we could stop the academics and deal with the character that is not what most people's curriculum you're going where's my reading and my history well here we go the other thing that was so important to me I wanted my kids to love books and reading so we had reading aloud Read aloud first thing in the morning. We had something else called morning time. That was all combined. It was the first hour of the day. And that included things, and I've told y'all before, art appreciation, poetry, um, things like that. Uh, Bible study, too, if they were working on one independently. And you're like, I am not so sure about this. Just stick with me. Let's just go all the way through what I want to share with you. Let's talk about, so we can't do it everything every day. And you still have some hours left. I still say in the elementary years, if you have to pick and choose, I would encourage you to always choose your language arts. We're going to talk about that at the end. 
child development. Let's talk about a child and how they develop. When they are young, they think literally. Why do you think they want to hear the same story over and over again? They don't care. And you're sick of it because you are thinking abstract and you're like, this is driving me crazy. All right, that's another reason to wait for math. Math has a lot of abstract concepts. Let's focus on the things that they're good at right there. Abstract turns starts going on around 12 and 13. We'll talk about that next week. Another thing with kids, songs, repetition. If you're choosing curriculum for younger kids, I would encourage you to find songs, things that they repeat and memorize because you're laying a foundation. That is a tool of learning. You're laying a foundation so that they will have tools of learning and eventually love learning. Let's see. Uh, focus on reading, writing, and language skills. All right. So that's another thing. So we need our goals. We can't do everything every single day. You think about how your child is developing, how they are moving forward to adult life, uh, what they really, how they learn best right now as younger kids. Then the last thing before we talk about specific curriculum is, I think it's important that you give yourself time to love learning. If all you're doing is shoving workbooks in front of them, they're not going to like learning and they're probably not really being educated. They're just going through some activities. All right, so let's talk about some other ways that kids can learn at this age. Games, especially boys. Boys are so competitive. So use games to encourage a love of learning and to teach. Puzzles, puzzles are a great way too. Read alouds, I've already talked about that. Using classics that endure over time that have real good values in those books as well. Using unit studies. Unit studies are great because they tie everything together. And when you are doing it, I would encourage you to have delight-directed learning. What is delight-directed learning? It basically means you use your child's interest in these young grades to then learn. Does it really matter what book they are reading? If you're, For instance, Hunter, oh my gosh, took me forever to find books. But he loved books with water. And so I used those. He liked Flat Stanley. So we got all those Flat Stanley books. He, there were certain books. And so did it really matter if he read that one or another one? Swiss Family Robinson, that's a classic. It's got water in it. All right. So I listened and watched their interest. Um, he was actually a math person. He loves math. We just didn't do formal math. The other things, um, he liked science, I think, um, and Ashley loved science. Gentry really didn't care. So we would focus on that. We did do history all together. I've already talked about that, grouping our kids together. So, um, But we could choose topics that they were interested in. And even though we were all studying the Middle Ages, they could dive deep into whatever they are interested in. All right, so those are giving your kids time to love learning. So what do we do? You got all this curriculum. You're probably going to a book show or online conferences and everyone's like, we got the best thing. Well, how do we do it? We need to go back to those, that picture, draw a stick figure and write all around it the things you want your kid, your child to be. Um, and then see the goals where you need to go. And from there, you should be able to get rid of this curriculum that doesn't work and use the ones that do work. Now, you might find that it's not actually curriculum that teaches your kids the best. It's more than likely, I do not recommend textbooks at this age, pretty much at all. Um, 
I think textbooks are useful, but I think they're more useful at the older kids' ages. I think um, there are so many ways to learn, and just reading good books is one way that is probably the, one of the best ways that your kids can learn. So find maybe resources that integrate real books. Um, one of the things, I'll just, I'm going to mention a few resources, and I'm actually going to actually put the links there because I finally got my thing here. But if I were learning how to, um, if my kids needed to know how to read and how to write, there is a curriculum called Primary Arts of Language. And you know what I like about it? It has games, so boys like it. It is fun. It works. Um, you can buy it, and it lasts for like three years. Yes, that is a curric curriculum, but I call it more of a resource. It's a resource that will help you teach your kids letters, and then words, reading words, and then sentences and paragraphs. Same thing with writing. Teach them how to write their letters, words, sentences, and then a paragraph at the end. So that's going to last you a while. It is fun. It uses um, visual graphic organizers. So it's a great way to do it. Now, and we're focusing on language arts. That's why I'm doing this. I would just get some good book lists from there or find some resources that actually, if you want to do history, go through historical time periods. There's some good resources there. The other thing I would say is, you know, you're going to want to teach your children how to write. And you probably want to go beyond just a one paragraph, and your kids may be older already. Um, and this would actually help you homeschool multiple kids. And it is a resource that I call, it's called Structure and Style for Students. It, both of these are put out by IEW. And um, I'm an affiliate, so I do get a little commission if you ever use my link to buy this. But um, what I like about this is the reason kids don't like to write is they don't know what to write about. And IEW takes that problem away and shows them what they're going to write. They can still be creative in doing so. The other thing I like about IEW and Structure and Style for Students is it is video based. Now, I don't agree that everything should, we should be doing a lot of screens. But Andrew Pudua is one of the best teachers I know. He is an excellent teacher. He is entertaining to the children. There's, I will actually, I don't have it here. I have a, I'll share a link to Andrew's jokes because he tells jokes all the time. But not only does he teach, tell jokes, he has a system that truly works. I know it works because that's what I use with my kids. My girls complained the whole way over to Houston trying to, um, because I was taking him to one of Andrew's workshops. This was, Oh, he didn't even do these anymore. It's like 22 years ago. So we're going over there. Complain, 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 complain. And you know what happened? And they were in elementary school. Four days of each of them were in their own workshop. And so four days. And then we are driving home on Friday night. Rush hour traffic. I mean, bumper to bumper. Took us longer than normal. At least two hours to get home. What did Ashley and Gentry do the entire way? They sat in the van and they wrote. That changed their whole attitude. If you're looking for something that will change your kid's attitude about writing, IEW is one that I highly recommend. And I would go and look at that. I am actually working on some review videos that I will be posting here that you can actually, um, I'll open it all up and I'll show you because there have been a lot of changes as well. So that would be something else. Let's talk about science. 
I, you don't need a curriculum, I don't think, for science. What's your kids, what are they interested in? If you're going to the beach, let's study oceans this summer. If you're going to, like, we actually were studying American history one time. Oh, that's history, but um, you can go to the, oh, we were studying the solar system. Go to the uh, planetarium. There's a lot you can do. But what can we do at home? Just go to the library and check out some books, and most of them have some little experiments and activities, and do one or two of those a week, and that is science. Don't complicate this. All right, and then the last one I'm going to talk about is history. Again, I think it's important we group all our kids. Your younger kids can be studying the same time period as your older kids. They can. We can all read aloud the same book, and that combines it. And that's actually something fun. Pick books that are good, that are interesting, that your kids would like. Johnny Tremaine, Witch of Blackbird Pond. Those are great American history books. Um, oh, what was Detectives in Togas for, um, for Roman time period. There are some good books that your kids will enjoy reading. Another thing you could do is um, just keep a timeline. So you're reading and you're doing some projects or activities, let your kids keep a timeline. That's what mine did. Another thing that I would encourage you to do is let your kids keep a notebook. All right. You can choose any books you want to read on any history time period, and then they keep a notebook. So I'm going to give you a link to some free notebooking pages, and you can actually see there are historical ones there, too. There are science ones. There are great ones. And that is how they record what they have been learning. Now, how do you still decide? You, I can't tell you which curriculum you're going to use. What I can say is you need to base it on what, you know, I did forget the main thing. <laughs> you need to ask God what he wants you to use. What does God want your child to look like in the end? What does he want you to raise him to? And then go to him and say, what curriculum should I be using? And where should I be focusing? Now, I know there are some of you, especially if you have some husbands do not want you to skip math and science and you have to go out and get a full curriculum. I'm, I'm sorry. That's something you have. That is within your own family. If it were me and I already told you what I did, we'd we just took breaks, you know, because truly you can catch up in very quick time when that abstract thinking comes in. I encourage you at this age to choose language arts curriculum. Choose it well. There are other good ones out there. I'm just choosing the ones that I trust that I know about. So, um, and most of that come, a lot of that does come from IEW. And then go and look for some fun things to do. Unit studies is another thing um, that I would encourage you to do. And I think little kids, younger kids, that's a perfect time to do that. I'll put a link to our unit study toolkit, and that might help you as well. All right, if you have any questions, leave them here. Oh, two invitations, two freebies. I forgot to continue. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Facebook party right here in our group. Um, we'll be talking about homeschooling multiple ages, and we've got some door prizes and giveaways. Second, next week I am actually, um, I've already put the link in the description. I am teaching our May master class, and I want to invite you to come because I think it will be a great way for you to figure out those goals, your purpose, and your intention with your children. Because when you know your purpose of homeschooling, it's so much easier to choose curriculum. The um, workshop, the master class is four steps to raising Christian leaders. 
for me, one of my biggest goals was to raise my kids to be godly Christian leaders who could influence the world around them instead of being influenced, who could impact the world around them instead of others impacting them. And so that was what I want to do. And I'm going to show you how you can use this to homeschool. It is really an approach. It is called Christian Leadership Education. I will go through the four steps of what you need to do to be able to raise your kids to be godly leaders. And I think also it can really help you simplify because you truly can combine your kids and do some um, cool things when they are when you're homeschooling more, more than one. Thanks for spending time with me. I'm Carrie Beck with How to Homeschool My Child. I'll talk to y'all later.